You do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> Live. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Yeah, boy. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us here. T.C. Martin Show. Ballpark Frank with you on a Manic Monday or call it a Monday afternoon quarterback edition of the show. Appreciate Mike Pritchard for joining us last hour. Talked a lot about the Raiders and that collapse on Saturday night. We'll dive into a lot more what took place uh, Saturday and Sunday in the NFL as we get ready for week 17, the final week of the regular season, and uh, plenty of playoff uh, implications uh, coming up uh, this week as well, too. Yeah, and this might be the last season that we have a week 17 only because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of talk of having at least another week extension and having 17 weeks in the regular season with the bye week, of course, that would make it at least week 18 that we would have. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you don't get a bye week. Exactly. <laughs> but it sounds like it's a done deal. I mean, we're going to an 18-week yeah, it, it schedule. Sounds like it. it sounds like it, it is done. And so next year, the Super Bowl will be pushed back to the second week of February. So you're probably looking at a, you know, February 14th, a Valentine's Day yeah. Super Bowl. How crazy is that? Yeah. Keeps getting longer and longer. I mean, you that want... can put a strain on some relationships. <laughs> yeah. I'd kind of like to see it just for the. Uh, of course you would. The, the wow factor yeah. of it. Yeah, you love the chaos factor of, of just about anything. Darling, darling, certainly, darling. Gotta go covering the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a nice Valentine's Day. That's right. I'm gonna be home watching the Super Bowl. What if it actually lands on February 14th? It's like no, are be you kidding? great. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> There'd be relationships going up in smoke all over the country. All right. Ballpark Frank in the house. Spencer the Wiz. Glad to have you here, my friend, uh, on this uh, Monday as well, too. All right. So let's talk about what happened yesterday in Washington. We got a little excited. And this has been just typical for the NFC least, as we like to call it. This fiasco of a division. One week, we're raving about the Cowboys. Another week, we're raving about the Eagles. Then it's the Giants. They're the flavor of the month. And then we've been talking, and I've been talking a lot about it, too. I've been started to believe into Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. Yes, I almost said it. I almost went there, with, but the Washington football team. And you, you love when Jay Schrader's on, because then when you go there, then it's not a mistake. Exactly. You don't have to think about it. And he doesn't it. care. Yeah. He's well, fine with it. Well, he's wearing a ring that says Redskins. Yeah. Of course he doesn't care. Speaking of which, Charles Mann, who has three of those rings, joins us tomorrow as well, too. And well, there think, you go. I started to buy in to Washington. And I was on the verge of actually betting this game, which I usually try to stay away from betting bad teams. My old adage is, don't ask a bad team to do something good for you. But I really thought Alex Smith was going to be playing because that was the talk leading up to it, that Alex Smith was going to return. And he was the bright spot on this team. Absolutely. I mean, he played well and a great story this year, right. too. It's actually sad that, that that didn't play out the way that you'd like it to. But when Rivera you know, made the change, he went away from Dwayne Haskins after week four and he said, hey, Alex, hopefully he's ready. And you saw the team respond. They are a totally different team. And it goes back to what we're talking about with Miami. When you have a veteran quarterback like Fitzpatrick, you have a veteran quarterback like Alex Smith with a predominantly young team, 
Of course you're going to be better. And especially with Dwayne Haskins, who there's a major question. I mean, when he got drafted 15th last year in the first round, 15th overall, that if this guy could be a quality quarterback, because at least I didn't think he could be. But in Rivera, when he got the job, wasn't sold on him, but he figured, okay, we're paying this guy. Daniel Snyder made this goofy draft pick. We're stuck with him. So what happens yesterday? Smith isn't able to go. Dwayne Haskins gets the start for the second week in a row. He ends up getting benched in the fourth quarter in a game that was miserable. And you're playing the Panthers, who have nothing to play for. you got no Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater, bless his heart, he, he tries you know, the best he can. Defensively, the Panthers are a mess as well, too. I mean, they're just playing out the string, but they do play hard. They had every opportunity. And then Haskins, despite him blowing up, they were still only down like 20-3, to three, and they could come back. But he got benched in the fourth quarter. They lose to Carolina. They crush their playoff hopes. He has two interceptions. He has a fumble. And he's benched in favor of who? Taylor Heineke. Meineke was at a car parts place. Heineken, we know, is a beer. This guy's a combination of the two, I guess. Taylor Heineke. This guy came and actually played pretty good. And after the game, Rivera says, you know, I really liked what I saw in Heineken. So we're going to go with Heineken next week. (laughs) You're going with him. And why not? Pretty damn good beer as well, but he, too. But, but he probably didn't call him Heineken. He, he probably did. He did. I did. Well, so here's this quote. It's right out. in October during Oktoberfest, though. So there you go. So here's what he said. Uh, he said today, he goes, uh, actually, at the end of the day yesterday, uh, Ron Rivera says, This afternoon I met with Dwayne and informed him that we would be releasing him. I told him that I believe it benefits both parties and that we go our separate ways. We want to thank Dwayne for the contributions the last two seasons and wish him well moving forward. Yeah, right. Number 15 overall pick last year. He's gone already. He's not just benched. I mean, this guy is gone. He is out of a job. Second week in a row he started, he was horrendous. And let's don't forget he was fined $40,000 last week for violating COVID protocols when he was photographed not wearing a mask at his girlfriend's birthday party. So... They stripped his captaincy from him last week. And now, so you lose your captaincy, you lost your job. Which is appropriate because, remember, that was his second COVID fine yes. and violation of the season, and he was stripped for hanging out maskless with strippers. <laughs> so I knew that was coming. So right. there you go. I mean, it's, you know, and, and it, but, it's, but that's the way it is. And, that's, yeah. and, and remember this, too. What did he say last week after being fined and that coming out? I'm going to learn from this, and I'm going to grow. I'm going to be a better person. Well, now you have time to work on it. Yeah, yeah. How the, they, the question is, what team's going to give him a shot? Because he was a high draft pick, someone's going to give him a shot. They will give him a shot. Uh, but probably more, not a guaranteed contract, no, but a shot. Exactly. And he's going to probably have to be somebody's backup. Because as we've seen, we've seen guys come off the bench. You know, Again, we mentioned Fitzpatrick. You know, We've been saying that all year. Okay, but then... A guy like like Heineken coming in yesterday. All right, he comes in yesterday. No one's ever heard of this guy. He's a third-string quarterback. He's a practice squad guy, and he comes in. He actually looked pretty decent. He looked well for a guy just coming in ice cold, not playing an NFL game ever. And we've seen that with other backups during the course of, uh, of the year. So, you know, I think if you've been on a roster, you've been with a certain team, the coaches pretty much are going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And remember how long it took Cam Newton to get a job. And when he came to the Patriots, it wasn't a slam dunk that he was going to be the starter as well, too. 
you know, they were going to go with Jared Stidham, who they drafted out of Auburn. They wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, give him every opportunity. And I think Belichick right now and Josh McDaniels are probably saying, maybe we should have went with Stidham because Cam Newton brought him absolutely nothing this year, and we'll see Cam Newton tonight. Yeah, and, and of course, maybe the most famous backup for a lot of people out there was Kurt Warner when Trent Green broke his leg years and years ago. And everybody's like, well, what are you going to do for a quarterback? you got to go get a quarterback with the St. Louis Rams right. way back then. Right. And they're like, no, we, we actually like this kid we got. And they're like, Kurt, we never heard of him. The Play, Iowa Barnstormer. Played in Anster, Amsterdam. Yeah, he did. Uh, Stock shelves at Hy-Vee stores in Iowa. Right. It's No, no, we, we really like this kid. We, we think he could turn into something. Yeah. Now, will any of these other backups? But, you know, a guy like Haskins, it's like, Right now, we're looking at a game this week with two teams with playoff aspirations. The Rams going against the Cardinals. Right. Both of them might be starting backups. The Rams backup hasn't had one snap in the NFL. They're like backups to backups. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, John Wolford, the backup right. for the Rams, was on the practice squad last year. I mean, how confident are they going into this game? Now, maybe they like him. Maybe they see some good things. But he's never taken an NFL snap. Right. And they're in a scenario where if you win, you're in the playoffs. Right. Kind of a big spot. Yeah. And Kyler Murray as well, too. More than likely, he's probably not going to play for yeah, the lower Cardinals. Lower leg injury. And, again, the Cardinals really not that much to play for because of their loss, their embarrassing loss to the 49ers. Well, but both home. of those teams could be in, if the, I they, believe, if yeah. the Bears lose. There you go, yeah. Which... They they might. Yeah. There's an outside chance they could lose to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, after all, they're only playing Green Bay, and we know what Aaron Rodgers' record is against the Bears as well, too. So something and something less. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> wait, I think I think it just it, at Chicago, I think it's eight and one. We don't need to look it up. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think that it, it doesn't pretty, matter it doesn't matter what, it what you know, what, what have you done for me lately? What's it gonna do this? Are you gonna pick the Packers on, on Thursday? I, you wanna no, tease me no, right now? No, no. You you're not gonna pick no. them? Even though they're only laying no, five and a half. I don't care. They're laying five and a half. It, it could be they a, own the Bears. It you could know be that. a pick them. The Bears could be favorite. No, I'm stop not picking it. Come on. them. No, in this Pete, game, I'm not picking listen, them. The, I will not pick them. What if there was a trophy I on the line for you? I will not pick them. There's not a trophy I on said, the line I said, what if there me. was? I don't need a trophy. <laughs> have, have you ever? You, you've never rented my condo. It's a mess already. Listen, I don't have a place to put the listen, stuff my I friend, have. I don't need a trophy. Okay, You need to start taking this best bets thing a little bit more seriously because people tune in because they want our best bets. I'll, I'll pick and you've it. been doing some pretty good stuff, I'll but you always like to backtrack it by saying, well, I don't. I hope they lose, and I don't really want to pick them, but and I'm going to pick them. every week. So, and I do hope they lose, but they won this week. But no, in this game, I will not, I, I I ask you will question, not pick them I against ask, the Bears. I want to ask you a question. Unless I did it with my money. I want, there you go. <laughs> so, do you think it's a smart play to take the Packers minus five, five and a half against the Bears when the Packers are playing for home field advantage, knowing all the history, the success the Packers have, and I'm saying being probably, if it was one of your top three plays. I would think that that probably might. I haven't looked at all the other lines, right. okay? But I would Fair. think that it very well could be a, a legitimate so, best bet. There you go. So just have an open mind. That's all I'm asking. Maybe it'll be in my OV five picks, but not in my <laughs> best bets three picks. <laughs> What's the difference? I mean, contest, contest, picks, picks. Again, you got to put your heart off to the side because the OV ones, everybody doesn't see them all, and I don't. Don't you ever feel like I don't that? see myself prostitute? Everybody doesn't see me prostituting <laughs> myself. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good one. But what about the the thought process that a lot of people do is like, well, I'm going to go ahead and bet against my favorite team, then I'll feel good either way. No, because uh, I don't feel good either way. <laughs> if, if the Bears lose to the Packers, nothing's going to make me feel good. That's some juvenile it, 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 Unless it was literally like a 20 out of 20 parlay for a million dollars like you say have at the old Imperial Palace right. or something. If that was the final game coming in, 
that would give me some. Okay, well, at least I got a million bucks out of it. He dropped but, the Imperial Palace reference here. But, but, but that's a good one. But just saying. But just saying. Oh no, I won a best bet. No. <laughs> but you picked the Packers just about every week. They, but they did. I didn't look pick at them your record the picking the Packers. I didn't pick them against the Bears. You should though. Yeah, I'm not. No, <laughs> okay. no. All right, to no. each to each his own. No. no. All right, wild, crazy weekend. <laughs> Over and over, playoff seating scrambled. The best league, uh, or the best team in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs, do not cover again. This is mind blowing. This is a team that is fourteen and one. And we're talking to Nick Bogdanovich here uh, coming up here pretty soon. I want to get his thoughts on this, but this team is fourteen and one, best record in the NFL. Obviously, the Super Bowl favorite, but they haven't covered a game since November the first. They are zero six and one against the spread in the last seven weeks. I cannot recall ever uh, seeing or hearing of that type of situation, ever. Now, I, I, I guess if you're looking at the positive, you're going, well, they are winning the games, and they're 0-6-1 because the linemakers are making their lines too big. No, they're life but, and death to win these games. No, but that's what I was going to okay. say. But if you've actually watched the games, yeah. no. I mean, it's they're kind of like Pittsburgh was earlier when they were winning games. They're finding ways to win, but they haven't looked overly impressive, not even on the offensive side of the ball necessarily. I mean, yeah, they're winning the games. <clears throat> do they just turn it on come playoff time? Maybe they do. But remember, the NFL, they wanted parity in that. They didn't want a juggernaut that was going to be the team that you had for decades and this, that, and the other, like the old 49ers used to be in before them, other teams and whatever. But, you know, and, and you could argue maybe the Patriots have been because they've done it for so many years, always staying competitive. But yeah, I, I'm not sold. Like, like if I were going to bet a future bet right now, I would go against Kansas City just because their odds are so low in that kind of stuff. That doesn't mean that I don't think that they shouldn't legitimately be the favorite, but they haven't shown me anything that it's like this is a, you know, it's a no-brainer that they win it or that they even make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Packers and Kansas City are the two favorites, but would it shock me? I, I think I'd be more surprised if the Packers didn't make it to the Super Bowl than Kansas City. I agree. And the Packers are a covering machine. They scored at 40 again. I mean, this, this team is scoring 30, 35, 40 plus week in and week out here. And they with, better not make any snow angels in the end zone at Soldier Field. <laughs> Kansas City is, again, we said the stat last week. That now we extend it one more week where they haven't won by more than six points. And for a team as dominant, especially offensively, it's mind-blogging. I was watching this game yesterday. And they're playing the Falcons. Grant, Matt Ryan's still a decent quarterback. No Julio Jones, but Calvin Ridley, phenomenal. But they're getting, you know, Jones out of the backfield. I mean, this guy, he's nothing special. And their defense played well. Here's Kansas City at home, 13-1 going into this game. And they've got 10 points basically going into the last possession of the game. How do you have 10 points against the Atlanta Falcons on your home team? I mean, you're life and death to score. You're moving the ball down the field. At times it will, but then when you get into third and short, third and, you know, third and fives, you can't convert. And then they went to some trickery again with like an option pitch. They went backwards when they could have got that touchdown earlier and they ended up punting again and then fourth down and not getting it. It's just... It's strange. Play calling from Andy Reid, very strange. Mahomes with the interceptions yesterday, very, very strange. And I look at this team like, okay, are they just going through the motions, kind of like what you're saying, they're going to turn on, turn off? That doesn't bode well. The teams, 
that, you know, we saw it with Denver years ago, you know, when, oh, they had the number one seed and they, they, they rested and then they got beat by Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you know, on their home field. I always remember that. And I'm thinking Kansas City could be in that same situation here because right now with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, even though Watkins got hurt yesterday, and then Hardman, what he's doing, that receiving core, oh my, nobody can touch that receiving core. You can't cover that receiving core. And then you got a couple great backs in the backfield, and you got Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, arguably. I don't understand how you have 10 points on your home field against the Atlanta Falcons at the end of the game. And I don't know about you, but as good as Mahomes is, and he's certainly a dynamic young quarterback, but I seem to see him in the last few weeks missing some receivers here and there. And he just kind of shrugs it off. But you mentioned all the offensive weapons. This team should be scoring 35, 40 <laughs> points every game. Yep. And and with their defense, maybe some weeks they have to. If they have a game where the offense sputters a little bit in the playoffs, with that defense being susceptible, would it shock you if they lost in the playoffs? Now, they're going to be at home for the games, which should help them in the swirling winds, and they know their stadium, even without fans in that. They're, they're still going to have that home field advantage in Arrowhead, but there's going to potentially be some other teams coming in there that are used to playing in bad weather conditions or something else, or who knows? I mean, you could get a nice day. Yeah. And the Chiefs do have fans. I mean, yeah. they're having around 16,000. Right. Yeah, they so have some, but, teams, but, yeah. but it's not like Arrowhead no. where, where no. it's the home field right. that, that, that they're used to. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, I would, I, they deserve to be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl, maybe even to win it. But it would not shock me if they don't. They were 19.5-point favorites in the last game they covered November 1st against the Jets, and they beat the Jets 35-9. to as 19.5-point favorites. But then when they've been, again, yesterday, an 11-point favorite couldn't cover. We've seen them be uh, single-digit favorites on the road, not cover. But they do continue to win. And a lot of people say, and it's not like they're laying these astronomical numbers. It's not 19.5 every week. You know, it's not 14, 15 just because they're at home every week. They're not like Alabama in college. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're favorites, rightfully so, but they're not so gigantic of favorites that you think, well, they're not going to cover that spread. All right. Speaking of uh, upsets, Jets and the Bengals pull outright upsets again. And Jet fans, I know, continue to pull their hair out. Hey, listen, th- this just cracks me up when I when we hear Jets fans talking about, oh, they, they, they screwed it up again, whatever. Like you said, this thing was a done deal anyway. Jacksonville's getting the number one pick. Okay, you're still going to have the number two pick. All right? So you're, you're going you're to get a, a real high-quality player. Even so if don't, they would have won that game against the Raiders, exactly. they would still have the number two. It, it, so. it, exactly. And the thing about it is, when you're a player, and if you saw the players yesterday, they're jumping up and down because they beat the Browns. Okay, they were they were getting six and a half points, and this actually this line plummeted. I believe it was like nine or ten earlier in the week, and then news came out yesterday morning that the Browns were going to lose their entire uh, receiving core due to COVID. Uh, yeah, four wide receivers four, missing the game. Exactly, uh, four wide receivers. They had uh, several offensive linemen and a couple linebackers as well too. They had to do their walkthrough in the parking lot of the hotel. Outside of the Meadowlands there is what they had to do the day before. So just crazy stuff going. And people still, and we'll talk to Nick Bogdanovich about this, still were hammering the Cleveland Browns because, oh, they're playing the Jets. Not only the Jets covered the six and a half at the Meadowlands at home yesterday, but they won the game outright and really kind of won going away. So the Jets impressive and the Bengals impressive. Last week the Jets were getting 17. They beat the Rams outright. 
Bengals were getting 14 against the Steelers last week on that Monday night game. Beat them outright. Yesterday, Jets beat the Browns. Bengals beat the Texans. And the Bengals getting 7.5 points. Does it just kind of point to, you know, or just illustrate that maybe these teams are really not as bad because they're, especially the Bengals, are starting a, a, a quarterback that we've never heard of before since Joe Burrow went down? Or is it there really is that much parity in the National Football League. Well, I think there's something to parity in the league, but I do also think, like you said, these guys play with pride. When you look at the Jets, you knew that every player in that locker room had to look at a guy like Frank Gore and go, we're not going 0-16 to end this guy's career. And uh, he got hurt yesterday, so we might have seen him for the last time. We so, did, yeah. So it's nice that for him that he won his potentially last NFL game. And again, with, with the Bengals, if Burrow doesn't get hurt, they might have been a decent team. I'm not saying they're in a playoff team, but they'd certainly have With the expansion been, of seven? Yeah. Sure, they but, could. But, but with, yeah. The, with the young talent they have in that, I mean, that's a team that I'm looking at. You know, when they add a couple pieces, and if Burrow does come back and he gets 100% healthy, I mean, it was a bad injury he had, so we don't know for sure, but I don't think they are that far off. And you mentioned that they beat the Texans. I don't know if you had a chance to check out this video, but J.J. Watt, really, really nice video that I saw today on social media that some people posted, basically saying, look, we're all professionals here. We still have people as bad as we are, and he basically said they are S. They called they're, they're he, terrible. he called out his teammates. He called out everybody, yeah. and he said, and if anyone is not willing to go out and give everything they have, then they don't belong in this league. And he's absolutely right. He said these people, they have everything, COVID, unemployment, everything that's going on, and they're still cheering on us. You know what? We owe it to them to go out there. We make pretty nice livings for being as horrible as we are. So if you haven't seen that, Google J.G. Watt's speech, and you'll see a guy, even on a bad team, who is still a consummate professional. I'll tell you what, that's the kind of guy that I want in my locker room. Yeah, exactly. Not only he's calling his teammates, not for from game performances, but showing up at practice, in, in, in work, in working out, in and practice, even not practice, in the garage hard. or whatever. Exactly. Let's hear what J.J. Watt had to say. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of shit. And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here. Because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're 4-11, and 11, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So that's how. I just I think it's that's – there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care. And they still want to win, and they still want you to be great. That's why. Those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. Frustration from J.J. Watt right there. And you wonder if he said that behind closed doors in a locker room to those guys before doing this in front of the media. But you got to love what he's saying there. I love what he's saying. I have the feeling that he probably did. you know, And, and, and that's why J.J. Watt is... Not only a winner on a football field, even though the team's not winning right now, he's a winner in life, and and he's a winner, and that's why like a 
He's a guy that, like, the commercials he does and the TV shows that him and his brothers doing that kind of stuff, that's the kind of guy you want out there in front of being a face of a franchise and that kind of stuff. Why he does the stuff of, you know, the, the recycling in the rivers and the different things he does. You get the feeling that he's not just somebody doing something for a paycheck or whatever. He's out there giving it his all, and he's behind stuff that he actually believes in. That's who I want to go to battle with. And even if you lose, he's going to take that loss hard. Because he does have pride and he does care about the city and the people he's playing for. It's not just the number on the back of the jersey like they say so often. It's the front of the jersey and everybody else and everything else that it represents. I I give him all the kudos in the world. Gotta love that Wisconsin guy, right? Love that Wisconsin guy. And there's three Watts in the league. His brother, TJ, fantastic for Pittsburgh, and Derek as well, too. That's the mentality of all of those guys. Those are the kind of guys you want on your team. Class guys, class family, again, and you love hearing that. And there's a lot of guys that will not do that, that will not speak out like that. And I guarantee you, those are there are guys in that Houston Texans locker room that hear that message, and they're like shaking their head like, man, he's calling us out or whatever. Well, quit being full of yourself because this guy isn't. It's not because he has all the money in the world. He, he's deserved it. I mean, he was, he was a college All-American. This guy's been a champion before. And he comes to this team, he leads by example on the field, off the field, class act, like you said, and then the charitable stuff that this guy does. No, if he is saying this, if you are a member of the Houston Texans, you're his teammate, you listen to what he says, adhere to it, and don't shy away from it. I mean, you should accept that. you got to embrace what he's saying. And if he's calling out one of your teammates, then, then accept it, because what he's saying is right. When the best player on your team is the hardest worker on your team and also the one who says, you can point right at me because me and everybody else in here needs to work harder and do better, then you can't fault a guy for doing that. And to me, that's J.J. Watt. Again, all the kudos in the world. It took a lot of guts to say what he said, but I think it's something that needed to be said. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, Nick Bogdanovich will join us, the sportsbook director over for the William Hill Properties. We'll get uh, Nick's take on what happened at the books yesterday. Uh, favorites uh, covered, uh, I'd say, slightly more than the majority of the games. We'll dive into that. Plus, we got a little Monday night football preview. Who are you going with tonight? we got the Bills and the Patriots. That and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin Show on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition. All right, let me put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. See, Martin, you'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. Get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbooks and uh, make sure that you get that mobile app. Real easy to do. Download it on your phone first and then head over to any of the great William Hill properties. If you're opening a new account, get involved and use the promo code TC50. What does that do? It gets you an additional $50 in your account. They'll match it. You deposit at least $50. They'll match it with an additional $50. Use that promo code TC50. Free money to play with. And uh, use that William Hill mobile app. Very easy to use. Special in-game wagering options and everything else. Plus, we've got football. We've got basketball. We've got soccer. you got it all. You can bet it all with the William Hill mobile app. All right, speaking of which, it's time to visit with our good friend, the sportsbook director of William Hill, Nick Bogdanovich. Nick, what's going on, my man? 
Everything's good, buddy. Just busier than heck. I can imagine. I appreciate you taking the time and joining us here, Nick, in a very, very busy weekend. And then we get ready to head into week 17, this uh, pivotal week of the NFL. And we got a little Monday night football tonight as well, and we'll, we'll touch all that with you. But first, I want to ask you, Nick, uh, when was the last time that you saw a 14-1 team that hasn't covered the last seven weeks? How crazy of a stat is that? And, of course, we're talking about the Chiefs. Yeah, pretty. Uh, I guess it's uh, normal for 2020. Cause the crazy, <laughs> the crazy is the norm. But yeah, now they've just been winning games and eking by, or just doing enough. Uh, you know, come playoff time, I think they might have another gear. But you just never know. Uh, you know, they looked. You know, they were in a game yesterday to to clinch it all, and and they were life and death to beat the Falcons. So. Uh, you know, the Falcons got a good pass rush on them, just rushing three or four and gave Mahomes fits. And, yeah, so they're, they're, they're beatable, but someone's going to have to beat them twice in Kansas City and then on a neutral, and that, that may be easier said than done. Has the people caught on to that trend at all, or is it still a good news for you every week when the Chiefs uh, don't cover the spreads? Uh, straight bets we were pretty even on that game yesterday. Uh you know, the spread was 10.5, so there was your share of teasers and money line parlays. But I would say it slowed them down a little. Uh, listen, they know when they're not covering, and after the seventh shot to the jaw, you're, you know, you're probably pretty wise, and they'll, they'll start, you know, wait until they turn in a big effort. So people do like to bet what they saw last. And uh, the Chiefs, you know, they haven't been too tantalizing to the eye at the last month or so. So, Nick, have you made many line adjustments over the course of the last seven weeks, knowing the Chiefs have been in all these games, have not been in a game, you know, where they've won by more than six points, even though they've continued to win games here. So, has that affected your line making for these games? Not really. Uh, You know, the Sharps, they control the market, the number. Uh, We'll put it up on a Sunday night, and They'll whack us and chisel us to where we need to be. So uh, they're pretty smart when it comes to that. Like yesterday, we were as high as 11 on that game, and we closed 10 and a half. The professionals were on the dog there. So hats off to them to realize and that the Chiefs are not covering too many lines. But yeah, no, it's listen. Uh, the NFL is a great, great product. So many games go down to the final whistle, like the Tampa total, the Green Bay total. Uh, but the professionals, they're, they're the one who end up making the the, 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 you know, the closing line. Favorites were 9-6 and six, uh, thus far in the games that took place in the NFL, Saturday, Sunday, and we've got one more uh, game tonight. And we know that uh, you know traditionally when the dogs win is a great time for the book, but you guys actually had a pretty good weekend, didn't you? We did. Uh, it started a little rocky on Friday and Saturday. On Friday it came Saints and over, and then the first game Saturday was Tampa. Uh, so it looked like uh, it was laying a foundation where the book the the betters would get the best of us. But we ended up having a decent weekend, so no complaints. We've had our fair share of luck this year, and uh, we got a little liability on the bills, but not too much for a typical Monday night. And figures to be a heck of a week. I mean, there's a football game every day this week, so it's going to be uh, out of this world. You know, with the Browns and the um, – I'm sorry, the, the, the Jets and the Bengals covering and winning outright as huge dogs the last couple weeks, I, I know there are some people that will venture off and, and try to take these guys on some money line parlays, and we know some people cash some tickets uh, with that. 
uh, give me some thoughts when you see these two teams really bottom of the barrel for two weeks in a row, you know, looking like totally different teams than what we saw earlier from them. Yeah, hats off to them for not quitting. Uh, obviously, the Jets have played hard all year, just came up short. They have, they've had a ton of injuries, but they're, playing, they're healthier now and playing some pretty good ball. So back-to-back nice wins. Uh, Bengals, too. I mean, they lose their franchise quarterback, and they didn't quit. They, they, they keep competing, too. I mean, they beat the Steelers. Now they beat the Texans. So, you know, that, that, listen, these guys are earning a paycheck. We expect them to go out and play hard, and, and for the most part, they have. Which game saw the most uh, handle for you of the NFL games over the weekend? Uh, good question. Uh, I guess Rams Seahawks had to be up there. That was a game that meant a lot, and there was plenty of line movement. We opened at three, and it was down to one, and we closed one and a half. I think the professionals were all over the Rams, and for the first half, they looked like they had the right side, but Seattle came back. That was, and then obviously the Sunday night game is always the biggest just because there's a lot of live stuff going to it and people are either betting that game to get out or, mm-hmm. or they got extra winning so they're betting a little higher. So the, the Green Bay-Tennessee game was super well bet. But was that all Packer action? Because that seemed like a pretty low line, Green Bay only three. And I know we talked a lot about that you know, uh, leading up to this, especially with Tennessee going on the road. Or did you get two-way action? No, nah, we uh, ended up losing pretty good to that game. We we did open three and a half. It went down to three. We closed like three minus a quarter. So there was a little two-way money there. But the masses had that one right. Mm-hmm. We lost the first half pretty good, and we needed under pretty good. And it, that late touchdown put it over. So uh, we lost that game. But like I said earlier, it was still a decent day. We saw Pittsburgh finally get back on the winning side, although it certainly didn't look like it in the first half of that game. Did um did people start piling on in Pittsburgh at the halftime wager maybe a little bit, thinking that they were going to at least make a comeback, if not right out win the game? No, not really. Uh, we did. I think we took one big bet on Pittsburgh for like one hundred forty thousand. Other than that, the game was right around Pickham area, and it was pretty even action. Uh, but we needed the Colts and. Uh, we were looking pretty darn good when it was 24-7, to but never count Big Ben out. They rallied, and hats off to the Steelers. They won the North yesterday after losing three in a row. It looked like it was going to be a complete train wreck, but uh, they played a good second half of football. Yeah, I mean, more to that point there. They're down 24-7. They look awful. It just really looked like the same thing was going to happen yesterday with the Steelers that happened the three previous weeks. They couldn't get out of their way offensively. They were dropping passes earlier on. You could just sense the frustration. And then all of a sudden, if, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't hang with that game and you were flipping the channel and you came back to that and you said, what? what? Pittsburgh took the lead here. What happened? Well, Ben Roethlisberger threw three touchdown passes in a 10-minute span from the end of the third quarter. I think it was like a three-and-a-half-minute mark. 10-38. Yeah, 10-38. And then into the, the fourth quarter there. I mean, what a crazy swing that was yesterday, Nick. And again, there was nothing that showed us that Pittsburgh could turn it on like that uh, in the last month. Yeah, no question. They've been totally inept for the last month. Can't run the ball at all. Still couldn't run it yesterday. Uh, and their passing game had went south because they couldn't run, so they're just playing those short little crossing patterns. And it looked like they were going to lose their fourth in a row and have to go to Cleveland with the division on the line, and that would have not been fun. But uh, they regrouped, played a good second half. I have a, now they can rest up this, uh, this next week against Cleveland, rest all their wounded people, and get uh, nice and healthy for the playoffs. So Pittsburgh – Really, really came out smelling like a rose yesterday after it looked like it was going to be a disaster. And also, don't you have to put a little bit of the blame on Phillip Rivers and the Colts' offense because they just disappeared? 
Phillips has been known. He he had that one key, key turnover where he fumbled and set up a touchdown, and uh, he battled. I mean, obviously winning at Hines is not an easy chore, uh, but now the Colts may be left out. Who knows? I mean, obviously they got Jacksonville next week, but they they could get nudged out of a playoff spot, which be would be a hard pill to swallow at, uh, I think, 11-5. and five. Nick Bogdanovich joins us, or William Hill, Race and Sportsbook uh, Director. All right, Nick, this is Week 17. This is kind of a tricky week uh, for, for betters, and I would think for you guys as well, too, because there are some times that we have games that maybe – Games might get taken off the board because of injuries, backup quarterbacks, certain teams maybe not having so much to play for. And then it's also that format, too, where we don't have any Saturday games. Everything's going to be the, the Sunday window where you've got plenty of 10 o'clock games. they got plenty of 125 games where everything, everyone's starting pretty much at the same time. We will have a Sunday night game. I don't know why we're having the Sunday night game that we're going to have next week because it really has no implications whatsoever with the playoffs with, well, I guess Washington and Philadelphia. But anyway, um, talk a little bit about what that's like for a week 17 when you could be really changing numbers up until the last minute. Because I remember seeing this in years past where, okay, these 125 games, all of a sudden you could make lines, could have maybe a two, three, or four, or five-point swing because of what transpired in the morning. Yeah, no question. It's all injury information, playoff information, motivation information. I mean, just up and down the – is Goff playing? Is Goff and Murray in the same game, or they're both questionable. Is Mahomes going to play? Probably not. Is Roethlisberger going to play? Probably not. And then in a meaningless game, is Stafford going to play? I mean, yeah, it, and it's just a it's a nightmare. It really is. But you know what? It's the same for both, and it's something we do year in and year out, so we're used to it. So uh, we'll do the best we can, and and hopefully that's good enough. But yeah, so the betters out there got to be a little patient. There are going to be times when the lines uh, may be slow to get on the board and down for a little while. The Pittsburgh Cleveland game right now. Do you guys have that up on the board for next week? Uh, we do not. We're obviously waiting on all those COVID cases from Cleveland and Pittsburgh's intention. Are they going to play or are they not going to play? But uh, you know, actually, we do have it on the board. We have Cleveland seven. Obviously, okay. we're anticipating uh, no Ben Roethlisberger and a few of their starters that need to get healthy get healthy. And obviously, it's a must win for Cleveland. So. Right now we got a seven and forty-two and a half, but like I said, just to stay tuned for the info. Yeah, and the Chargers Chiefs. I, I saw that there were a lot of properties that didn't have that game up, and what would be the reasoning behind that? Uh, Mahomes. I think the, uh, Reed's already said he probably won't play, so that it all boils down to Mahomes. And if Mahomes isn't playing, I doubt if Tyreek Hill will, and a few others. So just information. When you're Making the lines for that week, besides just playing with playoff applications and, you know, that kind of stuff, is there more that goes into it for Week 17, trying to figure out what the uh, incentive for some teams are and, and who's actually going to be in that lineup out there? You know, our team's going to play their veterans. Are they going to play some youngsters to give them a little bit of game time or something? And then some guys obviously are playing for a, for a contract, literally, if they're on a team that's not going to the playoffs. Well, that's the good thing about the NFL is that on the 52-man roster, they're all talented. They're all paying, playing for a paycheck, and they're all playing for next year. Uh, they may they may not be with the team they're on, but there's uh, 31 other teams with scouts looking at, hey, can this guy help us? So you're all you should always get a good effort in that league because it's it's their business, and they need to they need to, you know, people are watching. So 
that's the good thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, sure, it matters. I mean, uh, if they announce they're only going to play their starters a quarter or none at all, then obviously it's a, a big deal. And I can't blame them for Rustin. I, to me, it's good strategy. I mean, you earn the right to be in that position if you're Kansas City. If you don't want to trot out Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, that's your prerogative. All right, William Hill, Racing Sportsbook Director Nick Bogdanovich joins us tonight. We got the Bills and the Patriots. It's the Monday Night Football finale for the season. The Bills are a seven-point choice, I believe. The total right around forty-seven. Nick, what are you seeing in this game? Yeah, we opened six and a half. They laid six and a half up to seven. Late seven and a half, then they took seven and a half. So it's seven and forty-seven. We need the dog. It's no surprise. I mean, obviously the Bills. New England's eliminated. The Bills are playing for the two seed, which you want the two seed because that would ensure a couple home games. But, uh, you know, Josh Allen, outside chance for MVP, I don't think he'll get it. I think it'll be the Rodgers or Mahomes. But, uh, you know, bitter rivals. Buffalo finally beat New England in the division, so that's a big deal. So I, I think Belichick coach teams will show up tonight and play, even though they're eliminated. They'll play for pride. So uh, it'll be a good game to watch. It'll be physical, I know that. All right. College bowl games uh, coming up here. We've got a couple games tomorrow. Oklahoma State and Miami, Colorado, Texas could be a couple uh, nice games. And then, of course, the New Year's Day games coming up on Friday. Looking forward to all this. And then, of course, the college football playoff on Saturday. Are you seeing any of these games show any significant type of sways? Well, there's been all sorts of movement due to people opting out. Uh, the North Carolina game, the running backs opted out, so A&M went from seven up to eight. Uh, same thing with Florida. All their receivers are going to the NFL or injured. Uh, Oklahoma, Florida was two and a half, three. Now Oklahoma's three. Uh, and you just name it, just keep going on and on and on. There's just big swings. Uh, Texas, we opened 13. It's down to eight. So I think that was just on handicap. So that, that, that's good. I like it when it's better involved just playing pure handicap as opposed to right. players opting out. That is crazy, though. A five-point swing for a, a game like that. I mean, you usually don't, don't see a, a line that uh, is, you know, gets that much one-sided action early on. Yeah, it, that's true. Uh, but bowl games, you see it all the time. It's just especially in COVID bowl twenty twenty. I mean, you just, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's really, it, it's just a bizarre year. And their game, San Jose, San Jose, we opened sevens up to nine, nine and a half. So there's plenty of movement on these games. Obviously, the big one on you know Notre Dame, Alabama, we opened nineteen and a half. It's up to twenty. Clemson, we opened seven up to seven and a half. So we'll probably need. Both dogs in the big games. All right, Nick. Appreciate you as always, my friend. We'll let you get back to work. Uh, Great stuff, and we'll look forward to talking with you hopefully next week. Sounds good, guys. Have a great new year. You too. Happy New Year. There is Nick Bogdanovich over at William Hill. Again, get that William Hill mobile app. It is so easy to use. Deposit at least $50 in a new account when you set it up. Use the promo code TC50. $50 of free money in your account. They'll match it when you deposit 50. Use that promo code TC50. Yeah, and definitely uh, that's something that you want to do uh, with the bowl season coming up, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner here, NBA, NHL about to kick uh, to face off. So mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, lot of opportunities out there and, uh, you know, Maybe turn things around and make 2020 a winning season for you or just end 2020 on a positive note out there because uh, 
We all know that it uh, seems like a lot of people could use some little positivity right now, and an extra 50 bucks is, well, that's a positive thing. All right. You know who's really positive right now? Again, it's, uh, it is the Packers. They rolled last night. Nick mentioned that, <sighs> you know, that laying three, 40 to 14 over Tennessee last night. Green Bay had 448 yards, 234 yards rushing. A.J. Dillon came out of nowhere, 124 yards, two touchdowns. They get the job done. And, again, playing for that number one seed, uh, and again, you know, they're, they're battling really Seattle at this point in time and not so much New Orleans. And Seattle gets that big win yesterday. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't have a great game. When you look at the Seahawks and the Rams, very low-scoring game, 29 the final. Uh, when you look at Goff and Wilson, neither one was good. They, they combined yesterday for one touchdown pass. That yeah. was it. Yeah, Goff didn't look good, but then you find out after the game that he broke his thumb in the game. So, you know, he's tried to soldier through that and make things happen out there. Russell Wilson, who early on in the season seemed to be the leading candidate for the MVP or whatever, has really tailed off a little bit. And again, but it's like when we had Mike Pritchard on earlier, and he said when you start seeing more film of people in that, not that people hadn't seen film of Russell Wilson earlier from years ago in that, but this year he seemed to be doing something different. He was throwing that long ball better than anybody, and it looks like defenses and teams have really adjusted a little bit, maybe taking that option away from a little, maybe double covering guys or doing a little bit more bump and run or something. But um, that has not been the big play for them, certainly the last few weeks that it was early on in the season. And that's one of the things, too, when it comes to the NFL. You constantly have to make adjustments. That's why they play the 16 games, the 17 weeks, and you go into the playoffs, and even a wild-card team can end up winning the Super Bowl because it's who gets hot at the right time. As much as I hate to say it right now, the hottest team is the Packers. But, again, it is still the regular season. We'll see how it plays out in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, they seem to be playing really well in a – Good friend of mine, I just found out, just made a bet on Aaron Rodgers to win that MVP. So yeah, yeah, and it makes sense. Again, we weren't even really talking about Aaron Rodgers six, seven weeks ago, but the the numbers he put up have, have been spectacular. I mean, forty plus touchdowns, what four interceptions? I mean, it, it is crazy. You're right. We were talking Russell Wilson. I think a lot of the the factor into Russell Wilson too as well. That offensive line has, has been getting banged up a little bit, and he's not getting the time. And he's got a couple great wide receivers, especially DK Metcalf. What he has been doing for the Seahawks has, has been phenomenal, but we haven't heard his name quite as much as we have over the last three or four weeks. It's kind of like teams have made a made a yeah. concerted effort to say, this guy's not going to beat us, beat us with somebody else, yeah. and nobody else has really stepped up and taken the role that Metcalf had been doing. Yeah, you know, they still got Lockett, but he's, he's not targeted as much. And it kind of blows me away, too, and I've been watching this for the most part with Arizona – as great as DeAndre Hopkins is, he he doesn't get the targets that you would think that he would get. And these young quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, he will zone in to a guy like Kirk, you know, one of these younger guys, and even Larry Fitzgerald to to, to a certain degree. And I know Hopkins has been very, very frustrated uh, of not getting enough touches. And again, he has like, you know, the game-winning you know catch you know, last week or whatever. They hardly went to him at all again. I think he had 48 yards and he had like three catches, if that, uh, against the game against the Niners, which a game they desperately needed to win. And they lose to a 49er team with C.J. Beathard as their quarterback. I mean, it is just crazy. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because we love to – people and the media love to rip wide receivers for being prima donnas and saying, throw me the damn ball. But 
maybe you think sometimes some of them need to be a little bit more vocal and say, throw me the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Mike Pritchard for joining us today, talking a lot of Raiders and that fiasco that took place on Saturday night, and then uh, Nick Bogdanovich from William Hill. And uh, all right, you taking a shot with Buffalo tonight? Buffalo and the Patriots seems like a one-sided game. Uh, I like Buffalo in the game, but I will not be betting it. I'll just be kind of like, um, you know, I'll watch it for sure. Mm -hmm. Look, what what, what a different! You can tell that it's a different year. The Bills are the big favorite getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, a lot of payback for the Bills as well. Remember the last time they played. The Patriots were getting ready to go in and win this game in Buffalo about five or six weeks ago, and Cam Newton fumbled, if you remember that. So this game was close. I think some people think this game could be close, but yeah, Patriots, they're decimated with injuries. they got nothing to play for. What surprised me if we see Stidham tonight as you know as well as Cam Newton, and I think it's a good spot for Buffalo, you know, laying seven. Why not play Why not? Yeah, Give somebody else a shot. Exactly, because I've got a feeling Cam Newton's not going to be in New England next year. Yeah, and I have a feeling that Bill Belichick is not happy with the way this year's played out. This is true. All right. All right, Ballpark. We'll catch you tomorrow. A year-ending terrible Tuesday tomorrow. Boy, we know who the big star of that is, huh? It's just COVID, isn't it? So we're just doing one segment? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's a two-hour show. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check it out, tcmartinshow.com. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.